You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the show, friend. Today is a freaking special treat for us, as well as all our photographer listeners. We get to chat with one of our favorite humans, a past mentor session of mine, a past course and workshop student of Lindsay's and mine. And she has turned into such a sweet and close friend and is a powerhouse photographer. So we get to talk with our girl, Teresa Williams, about how to get consistently booked as a photographer. And man, does this girl know what she's talking about. If you aren't familiar with her though, Teresa is a Chicago based wedding photographer and business educator specializing in creating storytelling, candid, and documentary photographs. She has photographed weddings worldwide and has a team of associate photographers and videographers. Teresa is the host of the Bold Entrepreneur podcast and is passionate about empowering entrepreneurs to take their business from side hustle to empire and finding joy in every step of the way. Today, we dove straight in with Teresa on the age-old question, how do I get more bookings as a photographer? And girls did not come to play. She had so much to say about marketing as a whole, how to get consistently booked as a photographer. And she gave us the entire breakdown of her entire inquiry response email. And it is good. You have to listen to what she has to say. She also goes over her process to lead clients from inquiry to booking, how she positions pricing on her website, a little hack she does to get in front of her clients' friends, and lots more. Her answer to what is the biggest lesson you've learned in business will definitely make you cry and have a come to Jesus moment. So bring some tissues and be prepared. This episode as a whole is just chock full of pure gold, just like Teresa. So don't you dare go anywhere, friend. Let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. The next Heart Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas on October 10th through 12th, 2023. We are freaking out, guys. The Dallas Heart Conference presale tickets are live right now. This week only until Sunday, October 23rd, presale tickets are 40% off. We are absolutely insane for doing this, but we love you guys so much. And we wanted to make this next conference as accessible as possible to you. They say everything's bigger in Texas. And honestly, we took that a little bit to heart because the Heart Conference is coming back bigger and better than ever before. And we want you in the room. This is going to be the biggest event of the year and you do not want to miss out. But don't take my word for it. Here's what some past Heart Conference attendees had to say about their experience. Morgan said, this week changed my life, period. Allie said, I would have paid five times over to go again. The gals from Savvy Design Co. raved about the Heart Conference saying, this week will go down as one of the most pivotal experiences in our business. And our girl, Christiel said, to say this was transformative would be an undersell because I don't think I could put into words what it felt like to be fully accepted and cheered on by 150 plus fellow entrepreneurs. Friend, do not wait. You need to be in this room. It's going to change your life. To snag a ticket for a whopping 40% off, the cheapest it will ever be this week only, head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. And we cannot wait to party rock in Texas with you next year. Again, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Do not wait. Dallas is calling. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, 
Evie and Lindsay. Teresa, oh my goodness. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I love you guys. This is going to be so fun. Oh my gosh. So well, technically you've been on like kind of on a previous episode where I think we interviewed you as like a joint, like we interviewed like a bunch of past students on an episode, but now you are back like officially your whole episode. <laughs> we are so excited. We're just, we're pumped to have you on first of all, because you're a student of ours. You came to our workshops multiple times, you came to our conference, came to our courses, came to our, whatever, you get it. Um, and you're just literally like the freaking best person on earth. And we are beyond excited to talk to you. I'm so pumped. It's going to be great. Uh, okay, perfect. Well, just to dive on in, tell us about your story. How did you become a photographer? Like, what's your whole journey? We want to know it all. Ooh, yes. Okay, so I feel like I need to separate it by like years and milestones. So uh, I started my business just freshman year of college, you know, as it goes. And then I was a double major in college in graphic design and photography. When I graduated college, that was back in 2017, I went into a partnership uh, with someone else, another photographer. And we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's do double the weddings, double the marketing, all that good stuff. And then we did it for a year. And it was just like really hard because I also got a job in corporate that year. And so with that, we were both working full time. We were both trying to run a business. And it just was so tough to be able to juggle things together. So we had a mutual agreement that it was better for us to not be in a partnership and do our own thing on our you know, on our own. And it was the best thing that happened to both of us. We are still great friends. It just like didn't work out. So what happened is then in 2018, I was like, okay, I have been doing kind of all the things. I'm not niche down. I've had my business for several years now. And my dream has always been to do weddings and couples. So it was in 2018. I was like, okay, this is happening. It's either now or never. I'm just going to go ham. I'm going to try all the things. I'm going to invest and I'm going to figure this out. So it was that year... While I was working in corporate, my day job, I just started doing things. I started doing styled shoots. I started photographing for free. I started shooting a lot more couples. I started my Instagram. I started really just marketing myself as a couples and wedding photographer instead of doing all the things. And it was in 2018, I did a mentor session with Evie. And that was my first time meeting you guys. And Aww. it was so great. I mean, it was that that really like gave me the push to officially do this. Like, let's do this. Let's go into weddings. I photographed weddings in 2018. And then 2019 was my first big year. So I did, I believe like 22 weddings in 2019 while working a full-time job. Oh that was God. the year I did. I think I went to two conferences or uh, workshops that year for you guys. Mm -hmm. The Gosh, I don't even remember now. What was it? Like Utah and Seattle yep. what were that year. Um, and it was something about that second workshop... I was like, I just felt on my heart like that God was leading me back. And it was so much of like, I, even I was like, why am I going again? Like I've already <laughs> been before, but why should I go again? And it was just like a feeling I had. And so I went into that workshop in November, 2019. I was so burnt out, just like exhausted from photographing weddings, working full time. And it was a chat I had with Evie back at that workshop that really like led me to go 
push full-time photographer, quit my day job. Because up until then, I really like... I loved my day job. I was not one of those that like wanted to quit my day job. I planned on doing both because Enneagram 7, I just want to do everything and be good at everything. <laughs> and, and it was that push that really like finally led me to realize like, okay, this is what I want to do. I do want to just go all in on my business. There's, there is a limit regardless of what I believe that there are no limits in anything in life, there is at some point a limit. And so I went full-time January 2020 on my business, quit my corporate job. And then yeah, end of... Let's see. So in 2020, I really started to do a lot more education for other photographers. I that At the end of that year kind of was... I always knew I wanted to grow a team and have an associate team under me where they go out and photograph weddings as a representative of myself and my brand. And 2020 really pushed me into that because what happened is I had around 20 couples reschedule their weddings that year. And... The net, I was like, I don't have dates available for 2021. And if I don't cut, it kind of forced me to grow a team. Like I, I believe I could have gotten away without of it, without that. But I was like, it's now or never. I need more dates to give couples. There's all these incredible people inquiring with me. And I don't have any dates available because all of my reschedules are now in 2021. So mm-hmm. I grew my team end of 2020. I started a podcast 2021. We photographed gosh, how many 40-something weddings last year. This year, we've photographing 55 weddings altogether. I grew my team to video this year. So yeah, we're just out here living our best lives here in Chicago. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Never a dull moment. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, we freaking love you and you are just kicking booty, like forever kicking booty. (laughs) The biggest inspiration. (laughs) it It is so fun. And it's so fun. Like just hearing you like tell the story and stuff and just remembering like, didn't you drive all the way from Chicago or or Illinois all the way to Columbus? And we sat in a Starbucks and had like that first mentor session. Yeah. And then we had like a little like dance party outside. We went to Chipotle to like finish at the end and have like a little dance party. And then I vividly remember that conversation (laughs) we had in like, was it the Seattle workshop? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, It was in the basement. Yeah. I remember it was like in the lower level and you and I just like sat on the couch and had like, I think it was like a multiple hour conversation. So yeah. It was so good yeah. though. Like, needed it. Like, that, that conversation, like that truly changed my life. I mean, oh. I, I, don't, I don't believe I'd be like where I am without it. And I also just really quick want to capitalize on the fact that in 2018 and 2019, I wouldn't be where I'm at without investing so much education and learning into my business. And I think that I don't ever think there's a time to stop learning. I think there's still so much for me to learn and grow. And I think I invested in 2018 or 2019, one of those years, they're all blur to me. But one of those years, I invested like $30,000 into education. And I was using my photography money, my day job was kind of, you know, supplying my income. And then my photography money was just going right back into education because I believe like that's where I'm at today because Mm -hmm. I I learned so much. And not only 
my craft and like how to do what I do, but also how to be a good business owner, how to deliver excellence and how to really care deeply for my couples. And I think that's part of the reason why I am where I am today. A big reason why I am where I am today. Amen. That's like a raving endorsement for why people, I mean, we always say that. And then, and then you always feel like as an educator, especially like when you're saying that, it's like, you're only saying them because you sound gorgeous (laughs) or like whatever, but it's like, no, but like genuinely, because me and Evie did the exact same thing. And like, that's truly what gets you leaps and bounds ahead of everyone when you're learning so much, especially at that beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the shortcut. It's the secret sauce in like, I mean, not shortcut, you know, you still have to put yeah. in all the work, but it's like, why would you, I just had the picture of like, like, I don't know, like a field or a jungle or something. And you're sitting there trying to like hack your way slowly through like paving your own path. Mm-hmm. And there's a path right next to you that's already been paved by all these incredible entrepreneurs and business owners and people who are literally like, hey, I did the work for you. I'm going to, like guide you through your journey. Let me help you get there faster. And it's like, you're sitting there like, no, I, I don't want to invest money. Just like hacking away at these like vines and branches. in front. Of, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my picture of like investing in education. It's just such a hand up and like, uh, like game changer. Like you were saying, Teresa, like Lindsay and I would not be where we are today without investing in education and you coming on and being like, I would not be where I am today without also investing in education. It's just a game changer. So yeah. Amen yeah. to that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't say it enough. It'll, it'll really, I mean, I've learned so much more in ed- educating or in investing in education than I did in my four years in college learning photography. You know, it's like I could yeah. easily avoid those loans, but here we are. Wait, so <laughs> are, are you one of the, the infamous people that actually majored in photography at a university? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, do tell. I, do yeah. tell. This is not the topic of the show, but I want to know all the deets. Like, was it worth it? I mean, you kind of answered that. Maybe. I mean, I, okay. I loved it. I thought it was fun. And I, I guess like I learned the basic things of like ISO, shutter, aperture. And I did learn a deep appreciation for things like film and like the art and photography and things like that. It was fun. I had made a lot of friends and I learned a lot in terms of like just concepts and you know, having a concept and meaning behind what you do, which I think has really reflected in what I do today. However, I 1 billion quadrillion percent could have been where I'm at today without going to college. And (laughs) I am i don't regret it even in the slightest, but also I know for a fact, like other people can 100% do it without college. You don't, you don't need college. Okay. That makes makes sense. (laughs) We we agree. We have an episode in the past where we just like rant about that, but, um, follow up question. So it, when you major, also I like how you go. It was fun, and I'm like, is that why you go to college? Okay, all right. That's, <laughs> that's why I just be, and it fueled my Enneagram Seven again. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so wait, does a photography degree like at college just teach you the art of photography? It doesn't teach you anything about marketing or business. Oh no, I didn't learn a thing about weddings. Like Which not is, one thing. That's insane yeah. because like that's the majority of. I mean, yes, you need right. to take good photos to grow your business and be successful, but like that's just comical. No, okay, yeah, it's like fine art photography and. And, and I I did a lot of back in school. I did a lot of like it, I mean it's you know it's all whatever you interpret it as. But I did a lot of con- conceptual work on like studying how we work as humans, and like I went a lot into like insecurities and body image and all that. And so I oh, like loved cool. it. I really like enjoyed learning about that. And that's just like I'm super passionate about that anyway. But it's like no, I didn't do one thing about weddings in that class, and I didn't even learn Lightroom. I learned Bridge 
and no. Photoshop. Oh, okay. I did. I didn't learn Lightroom until out of college. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I took yeah. I took one college class when I was in high school, a uh, photography college class, and I just I, I think that also shaped some of my basis of opinions on photography as a degree because it was it was yeah. everything that you're saying, Teresa. Like, yeah. and it's it's not it's not bad. Like yeah. you should learn like certain things, like rule of thirds and ISO yeah. for sure, and like different things. But at the same time, like going to that college class and then. And, you know, I took one class, one, like whatever, and then pursued like photography, just learning self, self-learning and yeah. mentors and different things. And I was like, and even the internet for free. Yes, like, yes. Anyways, that is not the topic yeah. that we're covering. So yeah. I really, I really want to talk to you, Teresa, because clearly your business growth is just inspirational and so exciting and you are killing it. And you are, like you were saying with the 2020 reschedulings, like you're still getting all these inquiries that are wanting to book with you. Mm -hmm. And then you had to, you know, figure out how to continue to work with all these people by building out a team. I really want to talk to you about booking specifically, like as a Mm -hmm. photographer. So this is, I mean, you know, like you, you know, how, the question mm-hmm. is like, how do I get consistent bookings? How do I get more people to inquire? How do I get, you know, all that? So I think we're going to cover yeah. a majority of that, but kind of to start with, do you want to start with what your process looks like from the first time someone contacts you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. So what happens is they inquire with me through my website and Right when I open up that email, the first thing I look at is, am I available? And then from there, I look at the inquiry itself. So there's a lot of factors. I'm very passionate about what you have in your inquiry form. I think like there is kind of a method to it and being strategic about what you include. And what I look for is one, I have them kind of like write out their story, write out like why they want to work with me, all of that good stuff. And I kind of gauge their just like their personalities, who they are as couple, things like that. And where I'm at in my stage is I, I do have to be a little bit selective with like who we work with, myself and my team, because one, like, are we available? And then two, I am now like at a point where I only take on five travel weddings a year and I include any other state for that. So because within like for a few years there, I was traveling like multiple times every month. And I learned, especially with COVID, I don't want to be traveling all the time every single month. So we take on or I take on five travel weddings a year. And so I look at Where's the location is even if it's like Wisconsin or Michigan, because I'm in Chicago or one of those, I count that as a travel wedding. Mm -hmm. And if it's within the suburbs or the city or wherever it is, I'm very selective. If you're newer to photography, I think like take on what you can handle. I think that's incredible. And I think that there is so much to that. And I was there for so long. So don't listen to this and be like, oh, I need to be super selective because Teresa is like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're all at different stages. Don't compare. So I look at that and then from there, I respond. So I send an inquiry back to them or uh, reply to their inquiry. And in that email, I keep it short, simple, straightforward. I infuse my personality within it as well. I'm happy to talk about the inquiry email. From there, they respond. They set up a time to chat with me. We get on a phone call and we talk about their day. I ask them questions. They ask me questions. And then from there, I talk them through the booking process, next steps, 
I send over their proposal. They sign it, make the deposit. And then from there, they're an, they're an official client of mine. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes I so have so many questions. I have tea. <laughs> Your answer was tea because I, this might just be me and Evie's personality, but we are very wordy. And I've, I've mm-hmm. always seen success in... And like basically in that first email, giving them everything in the kitchen sink in the sense of like information, right? Which obviously mm-hmm. you can chunk a whole mm-hmm. section of that in your pricing guide, which I think we'll even talk Wait, to you about later. Lindsay, but, yeah. before you dive deeper, Teresa, do you include a pricing guide in that first email or are you, oh, you just yeah. getting them on a call? Yeah, I do. I, I include the investment guide. Okay. And mostly because... Ooh, investment guide. Okay, yeah. <laughs> What's your investment? I love that. Uh, because, because to me, I think about like... I always say, you are your own ideal client. And I think about what would I want? So yeah. if I'm inquiring about my wedding, I'd be so annoyed if like a photographer is being a little shady about it and just being like, oh, let's just get on a call. Like to yeah. me, that's fine if you do it that way. But to me, like in my opinion, I think that means you're not being transparent about pricing and you're like uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. And clients thank me all the time. They're like, thank you for being transparent about pricing. And it's like, yeah, like this is a big investment and I want you to know what you're investing. So here it is. Amen. This is what it looks like. So and we are we are on the same page with that. And yeah. there's there's not just everything that you said, Teresa. But on top of that, you don't want like I don't want to waste a client's time. And yeah. they're like wedding prep is hard. Wedding planning yeah. is a lot of work. There is a lot of moving parts. I do not want to try to manipulate them onto a call so mm-hmm. that I can get them to fall in love with me so that I can then tell them the pricing after like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. I want to tell you upfront, here's my pricing. Even if you think you would love to work with me, but if I'm just out yeah. of your budget, I don't want you to have to spend any more time on this than you need it's to. Same to with me. I mean, everyone, everyone's different. So I don't want to like judge it too hard. But to me, it feels like manipulation I'll to not it. send. No, <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, okay, anyways, Lindsay, you had thoughts on the email length though. Go for it. I have thought, well, so no, you you said you like to keep it short and sweet. I want to know, I'm, that's tea to me because I don't keep it short and sweet. Not mm-hmm. that, I, again, and I don't think that that's a thing that you have to do or not do to, to like get like right it. or wrong. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's not right or wrong, but I've always, I hate back and forth emails. And, and so I like that you said like, you're probably your own ideal client mostly in the sense of like, hey, what would I do if I were, inquiring, you know, for a wedding or whatever, I would want all the information up front, which again, like I said, you could put a lot of that in your pricing guide, but Mike, how did, how do, how, I don't know what the questions yeah. I'm asking. Like, uh, <laughs> I get yeah. just about that initial response email. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. And I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Cause my first email is like, it's aggressive a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So I believe like you could do both. And so what I do is it's basically kind of broken up into six steps. So first, the one of the first things I want you to say is go into first if you're available or not, because you don't want to waste their time. And again, if you're thinking about them, they're inquiring number one to see if you're available. Because if you're not available, why are you wasting their time? Yeah. So first say like, great news is I'm available or whatever you're saying. Or if you're not available, obviously that's a different email. But if you are like, say that first and foremost, uh... because that releases like a level of anxiety off. They're like, oh, she is available. Awesome. I'll keep reading. So then two, the second thing I touch on is their story. So that is the part where I really infuse my personality and it is close to the top. So it's still within like those first two lines that they're reading. And what I do is I take from what they've written. So if they say like, oh, we met on Hinge three years ago, it was like I ghosted him at first. And then, you know, two months later, I came around, whatever they're saying, then I really touch on that. And so I really... 
empathize with them. And I act like, you know, we're really friendly. Like I would talk to them how I'm talking to a friend when it comes to things like hearing their story, like, oh my gosh, stop it. Like I felt like I was reading a romance novel. Like that's the sweetest thing ever. Tell me more, you know, like I'm so excited to hear more about the two of you, things like that. So I really go into touching on their story in that second part. The third part, I touch on their vision. So if they're getting married at a specific venue or if they're getting married, you know, they say, actually, we're doing a destination wedding in Cabo, whatever it is, I touch on that. Number four, I talk about the investment guide. So here's where I really go into talking about what that's going to look like. So I say something like, I value your time and I want to make this entire process very easy for you. And then I talk about how I'm going to link my investment guide below. They could go over the packages, let me know what suits their day and vision best. And they can find all of that here. So then I link that right there. And that's a link to a separate page on my website that's specifically just the investment guide. And then number five, I link to a calendar link for them to hop on a phone call with me. Mm. So then I say like the next step in the process is to hop on a quick phone call to discuss your to discuss your day, your vision, all this stuff, whatever I say. And then I say, you can view my availability for that here. And so what I highly recommend giving them a calendar link. Because again, you want to keep it easy for them. People who are planning a wedding are stressed. They're busy. They don't have time to go back and forth and say, how about Monday at 7? How about Tuesday at 5? Like no one has time for that. So the easier you make it for them, number one, the more likely they are to book a call with you. And number two, the more they are, like the more likely they are to trust you and know like, yeah, she actually does care about my time and value it. And she does want to make things easy for me. And I value that as someone who's getting married. So you link, you say that on step number five and then six, just next steps. And that's kind of included in the call, just like this is the next step. And then you say like, let me know any questions you have. Excited to chat, Teresa, whatever. So short, simple, effective. You personalize it as well, but it's also just super easy, not too much for them to read. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And that, that to me, that's not super short. But I guess no. when you said short, I was like, oh, like a paragraph? Yeah, Maybe I was I picturing know. like, well, so excited. I'm available. Here's my pricing guide. Chat soon. Like I was no. picturing like that short. <laughs> I love that you broke that down though. I think that's so helpful for anybody listening. That's especially such a good formula like, for a first response mm-hmm. email. Like everyone write that down. That is yeah, a literally first response email. Write that down. The only thing I really add in mind, but again, I'm wordy, but I, I add like kind of what the experience is, wor- is like working with mm-hmm. me. But I think you can also, um, obviously I agree that you should have, agree, I just, whatever. I think that you should have like an experience page on your website mm-hmm. and then also on your pricing guide. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's probably like kind of where you bring in that information. Yeah. Um, that A lot sense. of that's on my investment guide. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just love that you call it investment guide. Yes, Teresa. I need to Get change it. my own wording of that now because I, I would say that on the website. I would be like, say investment, not pricing. But why do I still say pricing guide? I don't know. Teresa's taught me something new today. <laughs> well, also, also, also different. That's so funny. I think, I think another word switch that makes it higher end sounding is switching from packages to collections. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that just, mm-hmm. oh, Colette, okay. Yeah. I have yeah. a follow-up question. Sorry to monopolize this conversation, Evie. I just keep having <laughs> questions. Um, <laughs> Because I, I can hear someone listening to this and they're like, okay, well, I don't get like novels about someone's love story when they inquire. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting like bare bones, like, hi, are you available? We're mm-hmm. getting married on this date or like whatever. Mm-hmm. How, did you get that in the beginning? And how did you kind of help transition like inquiries to kind of start being like that? And if you do still get inquiries like that, how do you respond if there's nothing really to go off of? Yeah, I would say 95% of my inquiries write a lot. For those 5%, again, kind of where I'm at within my business, if they just say like, 
we met at a bar and the rest is history. (laughs) That's like, sometimes I'll still like, you know, get on a call or whatever with them. But a lot of times it's a very big indicator to me if they're my couple or not. And if they're my people, when they're like writing a novel, it's, it tells me a lot. Number one, they care. Number two, they're really excited to work with me. And number three, like they're excited to talk about their story and they value me and like my brand a lot because that's a lot of my brand is I care a lot about the couple's story. I believe it's what leads you to where you are today. Even if it is like you met at a bar. Okay. But then what were those steps in between? Like who asked who out first? How did you guys get engaged? What were those difficult moments within that process? And I just believe like that's such an integral part of your story. And I... So basically, yes, I say like on my inquiry form, I say like, give me more. It doesn't take much time, but make me cry. Like, let me in on your love story, the details, your vision, how you guys met, etc. I want to know everything. So basically, I invite them in to tell their story. And I also think a lot of this goes back to my website and my branding as a whole is I at least try with all of my being to create a safe space for everyone and to be vulnerable to others so that they open up to me. And I like to think that that's part of who I am as a person and within my brand. And so I want others to do the same. And that kind of goes back to why I say like, they're my clients or not. Mm-hmm. But if they do say something simple, like we we met at a bar and the rest is history, then, and if it's someone I'm excited to work with, I will say like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You guys met at a bar. Like, tell me more. I'm very excited to hear more about the two of you and your vision, your story. Like, I just kind of like, I might not write a lot back when I hear that because they didn't give me much to work with, but I do like still show interest and react within that same enthusiasm as I would anyone else. Does that make sense? Literally, amen. I'm I'm the exact same way. If somebody like is, says something more simple, I ask follow up questions like mm-hmm. to show that I'm genuinely yeah. interested, that I genuinely care. And if they're still like, oh yeah, he asked me out, and that's it, then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe we aren't the right fit, you know? Because I I want to sit down and have a girl chat with wine and talk for. I had like a three hour client consult the other week. Granted, that's my first ever that I've done that. And it's because I didn't have, it was the end of my day and I could, yeah. but we like yeah. sat and chatted about like our favorite TV shows and like their loves, like a million things. And to me, I'm like, that's what I want. I really, truly want to know you on such yeah. an intimate level because that will come out in your photos. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's just a mini rant of mine. <laughs> oh, I I agree. I This is like a small tangent off to the side, but I truly believe as wedding photographers, the more we know about the couple, the more we know about their story, their families, their friends, truly the better we can capture their day. And I do think that's a piece that's really missing, especially within the wedding industry is, you know, we, once you get to a certain point, it would be easy for me to be like, this is just a job. This is just something I do on the weekends, another wedding. But no, I take a lot of time to get to know my couples. I send out questionnaires. I schedule a phone call or two with them. I get to know them at their engagement session. I ask a lot of questions because that does matter. Just last weekend, I was photographing a wedding and the bride's dad, he has really bad cancer and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And she didn't even know if he would make it. And I knew that because I took the time to hop on a phone call with her and ask specific questions. And I cared so much about those images of her and her dad. And I would care about that anyway. But like, 
every moment I can get with she and her dad, I did because I care so deeply about them. And I just think that's something that's really missing within the wedding industry is just really caring as humans and that it is a part of their story. This is a big day for them. So let's show that we care and let's actually genuinely care because it matters. Amen. That's so, oh my gosh, I could talk about that for a million years. Teresa, Mm -hmm. I think that sets you apart so significantly as a photographer too. People can can tell that your heart and your soul is poured into your work. And uh, I just want you to know that that's seen. But with that, do you feel like there is one critical piece in the inquiry and booking process that a lot of photographers overlook that you're like, I want to speak on this, like, think about this. Don't forget this. This is critical. This is how I'm getting, you know, so many conversions from inquiries to bookings. Do you have any thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Within the actual inquiry email, we chatted about this a little bit, but I would say just the easeability, like don't overcomplicate it. I think what happens a lot of times when photographers are either writing out their inquiry template or they're writing out an email from scratch you kind of write a lot of photographers I'm seeing, they'll write it from a fear mindset or a mindset that's not in abundance. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I have to get this inc- like this booking. Mm-hmm. I really want to work with them. So I'm just going to go crazy on this email and like say all the things and just like over explain things and say too much. And, you know, like, I don't know. There's just, there's, we've all done it. There's no shame. Absolutely. Yeah. But I really believe that when you write and when you serve from an abundance mindset and from a mindset of confidence and knowing that, yeah, I can serve you and I will serve you really well. That reflects even in wording, in your phone calls, all of that. And so one of my biggest tips is just stopping so scared. <laughs> They're human uh-huh. beings. Yeah. Make things easy for them. Because like I said couples getting married, they're not, they don't have a lot of time. They're very busy. I mean, if you think about your own life, how do you fit a wedding into that? It's busy. It's a full-time job. So make things easy, make things simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Send like one of the biggest takeaways from that inquiry email, I would say like start today is set up a link for them to book a phone call. I use Calendly and Mm -hmm. it's really easy. It's super straightforward. They could just book a time that way. And it just makes everything so much simpler for them. And it's just, it gets them on a call right away. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, (laughs) literally amen. Listen up, entrepreneurs. Do you ever struggle with getting all of the nutrients that you need in a day? Because let's be real, you are busy as heck. Same. Introducing Athletic Greens. We've started taking AG1 because we wanted to see what all of the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things. Yes, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And a friend of ours describes it as white gummy bear flavor, and that is very accurate. (laughs) Yes. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months when you don't get as much sunlight. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash heart. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash heart to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Have you ever wondered what your credit score is? 
And if the free apps are actually telling you the correct score, well, wonder no more. We have an amazing company for you, credit.com. Credit.com has a product, Extra Credit, that gives you unmatched credit coverage. It helps you build, track, guard your credit, and more. And with Extra Credit, you get 28 FICO scores, rent and utility reporting, $1 million ID insurance, dark web scans, cash rewards, and a discount to a leader in credit repair. We mean it when we say there is no other credit solution that compares. To sign up for Extra Credit, go to credit.com forward slash heart and get started there. To sweeten the deal, you can even get the first seven days absolutely free. It is just $24.99 plus tax a month after the free trial and you can cancel anytime. So go check out extra credit one more time at credit.com forward slash heart. Uh, that was so good. I, I want to now chat a little bit about what is your position on putting pricing on your website and how you think that affects bookings? Cause I think uh, like there's, there's two parts of the booking process. It's getting inquiries in the first place and then it's converting an inquiry to a booking. Mm-hmm. But I feel like pricing on your website is like a big contention point in the industry of like, oh, you should do it. Oh, you shouldn't. Oh, you should put everything. Oh, you should just put starting prices. Like how do you handle positioning pricing on your website? Yeah. I've done all of the above. I wholeheartedly believe that you should include a starting price on your website because what that does is when potential clients and customers go to your website and they go to your experience page or the investment page, whatever the page they're on. And if there is no price on your entire website, they could either think one, oh, this is great. She probably charges X, Y, and Z for weddings. I could definitely afford her. Or two, they're like, oh, there's absolutely no way I'd be able to afford this photographer. Like their work is incredible. I'm not even going to try. So what it does is first, it creates a lot of confusion for your potential clients and customers coming in. But two, it doesn't create... If you don't include it, it doesn't create a transparency between you guys when it comes to money. And that could translate even later on into your process when it handles, when it comes to payments and paying on time and things like that. You want to have a very open relationship about that. And three, the other problem I see is it creates more work for you because what's happening is then you might even be getting double, triple the inquiries, but majority of them aren't even going to be your clients or people who can afford you, or maybe they can't afford you, but they're not your people. Regardless of what that situation is, is it's a lose-lose all around in my opinion, because then you're responding to all these inquiries. Most of them don't even get on a call with you because they're like, oh, what the heck? I can't afford her. Or I can't afford her, but this pricing is a little sketchy. Like, I don't know why she's charging so low, which is a whole (laughs) other topic. But (laughs) you want to have that transparency from the get-go. I personally don't believe in including all of your pricing on the website. I believe that's what your investment guide is for, is really just laying it all out there on the investment guide. I don't believe you should do that on your website because then it does ins- like give them an incentive to inquire and you know learn all about you and what your collections are but yeah. yeah i really believe having a starting rate is a key to success and within the wedding industry especially it will make a really big difference in the inquiries and your booking rate Amen. Lindsay and I also do the same thing and agree, agree with wholeheartedly. <laughs> wholeheartedly agree. I feel like everything you're saying, Teresa, we're just sitting here like, amen, amen. <laughs> so be it. Amen. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> um, I love this conversation. I feel like with pricing, there's just, it's like when you put it on, on your website as just starting prices, like you said, it just establishes, it's like a like an establishing shot in film where you understand, oh, okay, this is where we're we're kind of sitting. This is within the price range. I understand like 
this is a, a starting point. This is within my budget. It's a little bit of a stretch or it's totally outside of it. Like they have a gauge and then you're not wasting their time and you're not wasting yours. With that though, there's, I feel like something else to be said for almost... I feel like we're just like backing up. We started with like the inquiry process and like communication process. And now then we backed up to like website and pricing. And now I want to back up even further to like your first uh, touch point of marketing, which often is some sort of form of social media, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or something mm-hmm. like that. You, Teresa, do such a good job with Pinterest or Instagram, wrong app, Instagram, <laughs> and are so dang good at showcasing like, the sessions and weddings that you shoot, showing you behind the scenes, interacting with your couples, telling their stories with their final photos that you're posting. Like, I'm curious, I want to hear a little bit of your approach to that. Do you have, with all of the behind the scenes, do you have somebody helping you, like an assistant or second shooter, intentionally to help you create that content? Um, Do you have a, a method there? And then when it comes to actually telling your client stories, do you also have thoughts on how to tell the stories really well that intrigues future clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first off, for engagement sessions, I love to show at least a little bit behind the scenes because number one, it allows what you can do later on is then you could tag your couple in it. And most of the time they share it. So then their friends, like not only is it like a little bit of like self-promotion for you, but it's also getting friends and family excited for those photos to come. Mm -hmm. So what I typically do myself at the end of every engagement or couple session is I'll do a little boomerang of the couple. It's just like a little fun extra bonus for them to be able to see right away on their Instagram and be like, oh my gosh, she tagged me. I'm going to go share it. And now everyone's excited. And so I typically always do that for engagement sessions for weddings. What I've been doing probably for about the past year is I will try my best to record some behind the scenes just on my iPhone. And usually it like... I pretty much always have a second shooter there with me. If I don't, I try my best to do it myself. But what happens within that is our main priority is absolutely not to record behind the scenes. That is never my intention. That is never my number one thing on my head. My number one priority is the couple and telling their story and documenting their day. Mm -hmm. If there is a moment where we have an opportunity to record behind the scenes, we will. But that is never, ever the priority because that's not the priority in the day. That's not what they're paying me for. So... What I will do is usually have my second photographer recording some behind the scenes, especially when there's moments they're not photographing. So couples, portraits, wedding party, usually I'm the one solely photographing those photos. So that's when we do a lot of it. Or if there's sneak like sneak away moments where we have a second to record, we'll do that. Then what I usually do is I'll put it all together into like a little iPhone video and post it the next day of the couple, put it to music. And it just gets them so excited. I've had couples have me send it to them. I have almost all of them share it on their stories. And not only, again, is it marketing you and your business and showing to their friends and family, oh, this was the photographer that was there. Let me go click on them and see what they're all about. But two, it also just enhances the experience, which is 1000% what I'm here for within my brand and my business is how can I make your wedding day even better than it already was? Your wedding day is most likely going to be one of the happiest days of your life, I hope. And within that, our mission within myself and my company and my brand is how can we make that day even better? So that's within so much of what I do is the experience and 
How can I even just give you a glimpse into your day? Even though you didn't hire me for video, which some couples are now within my team, but how can I even show you just like a little iPhone one minute movie of what your day entailed? Because that makes them so much more excited. Yeah. creates hype and it gives them, like I said, it gives them a better experience overall. Yeah. Yes. It's the little things. I yes. Think. And it's like, you're combining not only, I mean, yes, it's great for marketing, but you're combining marketing with incredible client experience. And that's, yeah. I think makes the, for the best overall success. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, from a personal experience, my wedding photographer did that. She had a bunch of little snippets of iPhone mm-hmm. clips and different things that she took. And, you know, we had amazing videographers there, actually past students of ours also, Carly and John Harden, amazing videographers. Um, but obviously we didn't necessarily get like our wedding video back that same day. But yeah. Macy, our our photographer, had taken a few iPhone clips and like slowed them down, like a few of them slow-mo and like posted them. And Lane and I were like reposting the heck out of those. Cause it was, you know, we weren't taking any behind the scenes of our own wedding day. Of course we're in the moment, but those little like snippets and Carly and John took a few behind the scenes too. And we were just like, also like your mom and your aunt aren't going to get something as vibey as that. (laughs) It's like edited in Visco and like slowed down, like go Macy Francis. Anyways, I I love that Teresa, like that, you know, awareness of this is such a fun sneak peek. And for any mm-hmm. videographers who are also listening to this, like that's also an amazing little, like it's iPhone, yes, but it's it's a way of being like a tiny little, like mm-hmm. you photographers can do it and videographers can do it, which I think is really cool. Well, yeah. and I really love the tip that you gave, whether it's an engagement session or a, a wedding day or for any other photographer that's listening to this, that's not like maybe you're a newborn photographer or like you could do whatever type of session doing like a boomerang or just a quick story during your session and then tagging them. I love what you said about, because they're probably going to share that. And then especially if you're a local-based photographer that's trying to get in more bookings in a community, like that's that's free marketing. Like right, exactly what you just said. I I just wanted to pinpoint that because I'm like, that is important. Everyone take note. Not only, I want to tag in, not only does it get you in front of an entirely different audience of your clients, like people, followers, whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it also has a lot of power in showcasing you actually doing your work to your audience. If you never shared how... Like I know photographers who are busy as heck and are fully booked, you know, shooting a ton, but you never see anything of them shooting. You never know that they're working. You'd have no idea what it's like to work with them. Like how do they, you know, interact with their clients? You know, nothing of the behind the scenes of working with them. And I think that leaves a big question mark over potential clients in like, are they actually shooting? Do they actually work a lot? Like, do they, are they really good at their job? Do other people want them? Do I want them? Like what, you know, are they, are they goofy? Are they really quiet? I have no idea. So even revealing that to your audience, not to mention the entirely different audience of your clients as well, is just an amazingly powerful marketing tool that you can really like take advantage of today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's all on just stories. I didn't touch on when I actually post what I do is usually I'll either touch on kind of like the scene or the vibe of like our engagement session. So like, oh, it was a stormy evening on a Wednesday, whatever I'm saying, yes. <laughs> create this whole narrative. So I could either go into that route of like kind of setting the tone in the scene of like why these photos are what they are, or I'll go and or I'll go into the couple story, which goes back to the inquiry form. When they write it all out there, I'll then put it into my own words and create this whole storytelling narrative for their story. 
And or on my inquiry call with them, that first call, I always ask them, how did you meet and how did you get engaged? So over that call, I type out everything they're telling me in terms of like how they met. I ask follow-up questions to get like more info out of them. One, because I want to know because I genuinely care. And that goes back to what we were talking about with capturing their wedding day even better. And two, it's going to help me later on to create a wonderful story about them. And some of my couples have told me this is... We've never heard ours or read our story you know, written out so well. Yeah. So the way you've written it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, again, it goes back to not only experience, but marketing, it's telling their story. And what it does is it is a soft sell of marketing yourself. So every time you're sharing a couple's story or the experience, or every time you're sharing any type of like photo within storytelling, you are soft selling yourself. So instead of hard selling, you're not saying like, go to the link, inquire with me. Now you're soft selling them by creating this experience of what it was like for this couple to work with you. And it gives like a FOMO mindset of all these other couples being like, oh my gosh, I want to work with this photographer. They do care. They love to storytell. I want my story told in that same way. I'm going to book them now. Amen. Teresa, I'm a proud mom over here beaming because I'm like, we taught that at the workshop and I'm just like so proud of you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. To round it out, to round it out, grounding myself, myself. Okay. Anyways, uh, if there's like a baby fresh photographer out there or maybe not even baby fresh, but they are just barely scraping by and wanting more bookings and really truly struggling with that. What is your number one piece of advice for them to start getting more bookings into their inbox? Mm-hmm. Or well, I guess that's incorrect. Bookings and whatever in the bank, you get it. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Gosh, there's so many things I could touch on. I would say the first and foremost is start shooting, and within that, don't be afraid. Like I'm such a firm believer to this day in stylized photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like a lot of like up and down. Like yes, do it. No, don't do it within the education industry. But I am such a number one fan of it because what it does, it's not you giving a false narrative. It's you proving to potential clients and customers, hey, this is what I can do. And this is what your photographs could look like. You're not telling them this is a wedding I photographed. You're showing them your work, which is the end goal within it. And so if you don't have work to do, you create work for yourself so that in the end, you can run a successful business and have a successful business because how do you expect anyone to hire you if they don't even know what your work looks like? Mm -hmm. So create that for yourself if you don't have that. And then within that, after that, consistency is key. I was posting off of two stylized photo shoots I did every single day. So don't tell me like you don't have enough work to show or any of that because you do. Because if I can, you can. And I was literally like, I was even posting like a close-up of florals or hands and then a farther away of like a ceremony scene or like the couple on the beach, whatever it is. Consistency is key within everything in your business. And especially in those beginning stages when you're really trying to market yourself, I was posting every single day and I was getting bookings that... I mean, this kind of goes back to even just like... I think a lot of newer photographers... I mean, it doesn't matter what stage you're in. I Every single human gets caught up on numbers. I still get caught up on numbers. But you don't need a certain number 
to see success. And mm-hmm. you don't need a certain number to reach success. All you need to have is perseverance and the motivation and the heart behind it. And you will be there. And it's, it's within discipline as well. So if you post consistently, I like I said, I posted every single night, even when I had that job in corporate. And I had less than 200 followers and I was getting wedding bookings. It does not matter what number you have behind your profile on Instagram or how many clients you have, as long as you're willing to commit and as long as you're willing to put in the work, you will see it in the end. You just have to commit to it, stay consistent and show others what you can do and you will see results in tenfold. Oh my gosh. Hayden, can you just insert a whole applause clip here? Like, Literally applause. Like a crowd like, cheering. Like, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, Teresa. Amen. Like A to the freaking men. That is... Oh my gosh. Yes. You could not have said that better. I could not agree more. And I think that's one of the most powerful tips that you could give to anyone who's sitting there feeling like, I'm not getting enough bookings. I don't know what to do. You know go go rewind my friend and listen to what mm-hmm. Teresa just said and take notes and then rewind and listen again and then go do it like <laughs> just seriously like amen oh Teresa this I feel like we could chat with you for like five hours I mean I know you and I 100%. have long conversations yeah. <laughs> We are going to go into like our more rapid fire kind of wrapping up the episode. We have a few Mm -hmm. questions we ask almost every guest. And the first one is a doozy. So if you need a second to think about it, feel free. But what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? Oh, okay. I know this one right away. So... I feel like every year of my life, I'm like, this is the biggest lesson I've learned. And this is because that's a part of, you know, learning and growing and just better every day. But the biggest lesson I've learned was within this past year, it was um, my dad passed away in December of 2021. And I, it was a whole situation, but to give a long story short, he had gone into the hospital after uh, coming down with COVID. And it was a shock. He was very healthy. And it was coming out of my busy season that this took place. It was beginning of December. He went into the hospital. And I had hard drives and hard drives full of engagement sessions, couple sessions, weddings to deliver. And I went back to my hometown, which is three hours from Chicago, for the month of December to be with family because my mom was also suffering with COVID. And it was the most difficult month of my whole life. And so was so were the following months. And he passed away at the end of December. And I... I was left in a space of how do I keep going? And how in the heck do I run a business? Not only just as a business owner, but quite literally, my dad was not just a dad to me. He was my business mentor. He was my inspiration. He was an entrepreneur for almost, I think, over 40 years. And he was an attorney. He had his own law practice. He had employees. And I was then in this space of how in the heck do I run a business without him? And how do I get these photos to these clients when I am in a space where I don't even know what I'm doing one minute from the next? And in such a hard season of my life, it was 
the month of January, I was kind of just in a spell where I just didn't even, I couldn't even think. I, it's hard to explain. In that season of grieving, it was almost like I didn't even know I, like I couldn't focus. And like, if you're, if you have ever been in a place in your life where you're like, you feel like you're just like going from one thing to the next. I mean, that's my brain anyway. But within this season, I felt like I didn't even have a brain left. Like I didn't even know how to respond to an email. I was almost just in a space of like, who am I and what am I doing and what is my purpose? And one day in February, I, I just heard my dad's voice and he used to always tell me his like tagline for me. I would call him crying on the phone or I would, you know, gripe about something happening with my business. And he'd say, you have five minutes to cry and then you get back to work. And I just heard him say, get back to work. And it was in that moment, I sat down, I wrote out a bunch of things. I wrote out my to-do list. All of I had 27 galleries to get back to clients because again, I'm coming off of my busy season. And that includes, I believe, like 15 of them were weddings. And wow. within one month's time, I wrote out a whole system, a whole process. I emailed all of my clients. And within one month's time, I got out all 27 of those galleries. And what I've learned from that really difficult season is you need to have a process in place because truly you have no idea what even this next hour holds, much less tomorrow, two months from now, a year from now. Life is so short, not only for ourselves, but the people we love most. And if you don't have those systems and processes in place for setting yourself up for success within workflows and how you operate as a business, then one day you might (laughs) find yourself in a trance and not able to do anything or work Mm -hmm. and no one minute from the next. And so what I learned, I use those processes and those workflows to this day. It has set me up for success within this crazy busy year. And I truly believe if I wasn't put into that devastating situation, I wouldn't have the workflows and the processes and happy clients that I have today without it. And I have those because of those processes that I put in place. So I just can't recommend enough. Set yourself up for success right now. Even if you don't think you have time, I promise you're not going to have more time when that difficult situation comes up, regardless of what that looks like for you. So take a day, just one day, and set it all up now. Set up processes for your business, for your editing workflow, for your email workflow, whatever those workflows or those processes that are lacking right now are. Set yourself up for success now because you will thank yourself in the future. Wow. Well, Amen. thank you, first of all, for sharing that with us. Like, I was crying, just so you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, well, for anybody, I just love that you said that because for anybody listening, don't wait till, I mean, Teresa just put it so beautifully on the head. Like you, the next hour of your life is not promised. Mm-hmm. The next hour of a friend or a family member's life may not be promised. And, and you don't want to wait. I think like use Teresa's example as a like a come to Jesus moment in the sense of like Mm -hmm. set up your business to be like tragedy proof in the sense of like, not even tragedy proof, just like life proof, right? Like things are always going to happen and um, you know, just life happens and you, you have to have a moment where 
you can go away from your business and your business can still run. So I love mm-hmm. that you said that, Teresa. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. of course. I love that. I think, Lindsay, you hit that on the head too with saying, you know, life proof. It's not not even just a tragedy, but even, you know, we have so many female listeners uh, young moms or people who want to become moms, even just the oh, possibility the of, yeah, giving, you know, birthing life. Mm-hmm. That can be a whole like entire life altering, like crazy season and experience. And you want to be able to prepare for whatever life throws at you, whether it's beautiful or, you know, very difficult or anything in between. And, you know, being able to s- still serve your clients incredibly well and, prepare yourself to have those systems in place. All of it is so good. I love that. Yeah. Teresa, what is a favorite book that you've read recently? Ooh, okay. It is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Have you guys read it? No, but I am now adding it to my list. It's incredible. It's it's all about leadership. And it's from a former Apple and Google executive. And she is... It is one of the best books I've ever read. She's speaking on how to give praise and criticism within the same conversations and how to basically just lead really well. And it has really changed the game for me and how I lead my team. Highly recommend. Just put it on my list right now. This is same. same. (laughs) You're gonna love it. This is amazing. Teresa, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. So much of your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom, your heart, you are just an incredible human being, entrepreneur, photographer, everything. And I know our listeners are now probably falling absolutely in love with you and wanting to either work with you uh, as a client with photography or as a student or come listen to your podcast or anything like that. So do you want to drop all of the the links and whatever places, handles where people can come and find you and be friends with you. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram is at underscore Teresa Williams, T-E-R-E-S-A. The education Instagram is at underscore the bold entrepreneur. And then that leads me to my podcast as well, the bold entrepreneur podcast. So you can find my website within all those Instagrams, but come follow me, come say, Hey, I would love to chat with you. We have lots of exciting things coming in education and always, you know, just come for a good Nicholas Spark story on my account. So we'll have fun over there. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. We had uh, just so much fun talking with you. I know our listeners got so much out of this episode. So thank you. Thanks, guys.